bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five episode of classic movies live after the oscars this is like it's basically a season finale we might have one more episode before we go on break for a bit but like all of our episodes have been leading leading up to this and boy is this going to be the anti-climax of the century we're going to talk about uh we're going to talk about the oscars today and uh we didn't script anything out we didn't write down a plan or anything we're just going to sort of give our thoughts the oscars just finished about 20 minutes ago, and it was wild. Pierre, what did you think of this year's Oscars? The ceremony, the people that won, whatever you want to say right now, go ahead. Uh, I don't know. I I think it's kind of sucks that this was like probably the worst Oscar year in, in my memory um, i'm obviously there's lots of contributors to that fact but like especially coming after 2019 which i thought was a really good year i think this was pretty rough and honestly after this i'm not entirely sure i will be watching next year's oscars unless i run an event for it for, or something um and i want to watch all the movies but like this is it honestly kind of makes me embarrassed to be a film fan when i watch the oscars i'm not gonna lie yeah, I I share most of your opinions there. I think it's I think we've made it pretty clear over the last couple of episodes that like you think that last year was worse for movies than I think it was. But even with that taken into account, this was by far the worst 
easily the worst Oscars I've ever watched, maybe the worst award show I've ever seen. And like, I agree. If I have a reason to watch this because I'm doing an event next year, then great. But otherwise, I'm not going to waste my time. This was, I took, a, I set aside an entire day to watch this, epi- to, to watch this award ceremony. And my God, was it horrible. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know that there's, there's so many weird things. I, 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 I honestly, I didn't mind it too much. I think, I, I think their version of their sort of, I was very confused by the format in terms of the, like you had multiple locations available, but like at the locations, it didn't look like anyone was like socially distanced either, or no one had masks. It's like, I mean, this is completely, this is like a very small thing, right? But I think just the format of how they were doing it was very confusing. I actually kind of preferred the how the Emmys did just like straight up Zoom calls everywhere. I thought it was just more consistent and more natural. I uh, I've heard Steven Soderbergh was directing or producing the Oscars this year. He was um, producing. Yeah, I've I've never heard of a a, a director. I guess like a famous oh. director producing the Oscars, honestly. Well, the Oscars does always have a director just because anything that goes in front of a camera does have a director. But yeah. like, yeah, I actually, I've, I've never heard like that level of talent, I guess, being a, being associated with it. Although after this award show, I feel a bit strange calling Steven Soderbergh talent. Yeah, they, they might not try it. This seems like almost like an Anne Hathaway, James Franco thing where they, they tried it once and it failed spectacularly. So they probably are just going to go with what they've been usually been doing uh, like last year. Pierre, I have a question for you. And sure. don't answer this with specifics, but do you have anything good to say about this year's Oscars? Don't answer it with specifics. We're going to get into that if you do. Um, I think so. Okay, let's do, let's do a bit of a compliment sandwich. What was the good of this year's Oscars? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, you go I do... first. Okay. First off, I really like that they presented it in a widescreen format. Usually the Oscars are presented in like re- regular TV format and it looks kind of old and shitty, honestly. And this year it did look very slick. The camera work was on point. The actual like direction in as far as like choosing the shots was very good. Um, I also do think that for as weird and as kind of bad of a choice as it was, they managed to, uh, do the live from all different parts of the world, probably more effectively than I ever would have expected. I I think it worked well, even though it was a very bad choice and I don't think they should have done it. But for what it's worth, like when Florian Zeller gave his speech, there are no technical difficulties. Everything worked out. He was over in Paris. Mm. It, the, the camera was great. Like it, it worked out as well as it could have, maybe be- and definitely better than I would have expected it to. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I guess that that is something that's good. Yeah, there weren't any production lags. Mm-hmm. So that, <laughs> that was nice. Oh, man, you like took a really good one, too. I guess I I agree with you. Um, oh, I I really liked uh, the speech um, that ah, oh, what's her name? Gave. I'm sorry, I don't remember her name, but the actress from Minari who won Best Supporting. 
uh, Yoo Jung Yoon, I think. Yeah, that was probably the most interesting part of the night by yeah. far. And mm-hmm. I loved, oh, I loved how uh, they didn't cut anyone off with music. I thought that was very tastefully done. And I think it could have led to some awkward moments. Um, if yes. they did, especially in a couple uh, of moments. Because I, I don't know, it, it's just, it sucks when, um, y- you know, the they start playing someone off and this is like their moment, right? Like this, like this might be the only time they ever win an Oscar. And it's just really frustrating to see that happening. So, yeah. yeah. Although, like, this this night did have its fair share of awkward moments. I don't know if you uh, tuned in from the mm-hmm. very start or not, but when Daniel Kaluuya went up, his his speech went very long, and he went into a weird tangent about his parents having sex. Which, like, <laughs> I heard about that. I, I don't hilarious. know why he did that. It was funny. It was weird, though. I'm not sure why that happened. And, like... <laughs> That's where they that was well after they would have normally cut him off. And I'm not saying they necessarily should have cut him off, but like my point is that you get really weird awkward moments regardless and like I think there's maybe they just need to like rein in their people that are giving award speeches, but you can never do that. I guess you're just always going to have awkward award speeches. Yeah, I mean like when you put anyone especially um, from what I can tell, many many people in the creative space aren't aren't usually used to public speaking. Um, mm-hmm. So even even if they're actors and actresses, I, I think there's this weird perception of actors and actresses where uh, like oh you know they act on screen, so they must be like very natural speakers in public, you know. But that's actually rarely the case because oftentimes they like acting because it allows them to escape the social awkwardness. I think. Well, yeah, and also, I guess here's a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, For example, when we watched Nomadland, right, the best performances were the ones that were natural because they were just by people who weren't actors, who, like, were just naturally reacting to things that were happening to them. I actually heard, uh, this is kind of an addendum to our Nomadland episode, I actually heard an, uh, an interview with Robert Wells recently, his whole story about his son and the death of his son was real. That's something that he actually has never quite gotten to terms with. And he told that story as it is the reality of it in a movie. And like, it's, it works because that's a real moment and that's just him being very natural. What doesn't work about that movie is lead actress uh, Frances McDormand, who just kind of seems stilted because she doesn't have much of a script to work from. Because that's not a movie that requires, that, that has much of a script for her to work from. Yeah, but, um, well, I, oddly enough, I feel like she she actually does have a very natural charisma. Um, and honestly, she always gives some of the best speeches on stage, even though they are kind of awkward. I actually love them just because I think she's such an insanely interesting personality and she's she, she just seems like a cool person to talk to, honestly. I don't fully disagree in most years. We'll mm. get to uh <laughs> we'll get to an addendum of that statement later on. Sure. Uh one other thing I wanted to I did appreciate how they highlighted some of the more technical categories, like the nominees gave them a little backstory. Um, I personally thought it was boring, but because like, it's it's tough for me to care about these people um, because, you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know. I, I, I highly appreciate the technical categories and I'm not trying to 
to mean that like the effort I, I'd say in, in many cases they put it just as much if not more effort than a lot of the main the main categories people come to watch but it's from a pacing perspective in the show it does get a little tedious for me. well that's what was kind of interesting there is because I agree with you I think that it was very it was very interesting to highlight like what these makeup what what the makeup people do what the editing guys do etc because like that doesn't get enough time to shine really and usually but here's the thing there's a bit of a trade off because usually in a, in the award ceremony what they'll do is they'll show like clips from those movies which actually do not necessarily they sometimes do but they don't fully actually show off you know what is good? Why should we care about this cinematography, for example? Like, they'll show us a, si- uh, a shot that's, like, cinematographically beautiful. But if you don't know what you're looking for in cinematography, you don't know and you don't... It doesn't mean anything. Where here, you know, they're telling you about why you should care about these people getting their potential awards. Uh, the problem is... Um, what they do to trade off from that is they sacrifice the visual element and all of these are inherently visual awards. So like if they're explaining what is cool about this editing, but I don't have a visual thing to look at to see what they're talking about, it's yeah. it's a little nicer, I guess, but it's not, but it's still got a big part missing. Yeah. Especially because the visuals they gave us too were just the the nominees, right? And it was really awkward. I think they, first of all, did not like the camera being pointed at them. They looked very nervous. Yeah. And, and also it was just a really lame visual because like then I feel ner- anxious watching them because they're like, do I look at the camera? Do I look away? And, uh, so, and when they do look at the camera, it's, it's like, uh, stop staring at the camera, please. There was just no winning there. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I I would have appreciated a more visual representation of what they were doing. I guess maybe it's just interesting to me that despite having almost no movie clips this year, this was still basically a this was still an over three hour long uh, ceremony. And like, why? Why did it? Why was it that long? Yeah, it didn't really didn't have to be. I mean, the entire ceremony. That's That's why I'm kind of like, I could just like, probably just like, look at the winners on my phone, like right after and probably get the same amount of interest that I, that I do when I watch it, if that makes sense, the entire ceremony. Um, Especially because, yeah, I don't really care for the like actors and actresses I see there anymore. And every year they'll have like, Super, really dumb skits and like I appreciate the fact that a lot of planning <laughs> goes into making a skit that is uh, what you think is funny but like it n- it almost never translates I can't think of the last time I guess I haven't watched that many Oscar ceremonies but I can't think of an Oscar ceremony where like the in-between skits were really really good and this year they were I would argue pretty bad i can't say like the worst ever because they're never good but like they weren't better this year especially like they gave it to Questlove, which he seems like a great guy but like you can't just have the guy who's putting together your music host the ceremony that's putting way too much responsibility in his hands it's not fair to him 
Yeah, that was uh I, I'm kinda surprised that um it kinda turned out the way it did. I think uh I can I like I I think I like Questlove as a person. I think Oh he's, I definitely do. I love his presence on the Jimmy Fallon show. I think he's probably the best uh I guess he's the best current show host sidekick, I guess. Um mm-hmm. I don't I don't believe I really like uh Andy uh what's his name on, on Conan. I can't even remember his name, but um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I, I'd say like you know, Questlove isn't even like a comedian; he's a musician. So, but yeah, he could not carry the night through. Um, especially like the the times he was kind of on screen, it, it actually was really cringe every time. I think the DJ setup was a little cute, but it felt a little like "Hey, fellow kids," if that makes sense. I don't know why, because DJ booze aren't really that like a new thing, but it just felt kind of weird. It didn't help when he went up to Glenn Close and like asked her about the the song "Da Butt" and had Glenn Close twerk at the Oscars. Yeah, I I didn't I kind of didn't. Okay, I, I hated that entire segment. I I I loved how Glenn Close I guess played on with it. I think it could have been way more cringe than it was, but Glenn Close seemed into it, so that was kind of nice. But that whole segment was just like extremely unnecessary. And I honestly but, don't understand how any producers thought that would be a fun segment to do, especially at that stage where I think it was right after the in memoriam too. <laughs> like, oh my god, this is like a really awkward transition and just really unnecessary for. Uh, I like I guess they wanted to extend the night, but I don't know why because they were already overtime anyways. They were overtime, and they were overtime after cutting certain segments. Like, the the Oscar-nominated songs were not performed during the ceremony this year. They were performed ahead of time, (laughs) which was an interesting choice. But, like, okay, but if you're going to cut out the songs, don't go overtime and then also add extra stuff. Yeah, that especially if it's something like that, uh, it was really awkward. I, I don't... I remember, I think the only one I, I remember liking was that whole, I think when Jimmy Kimmel hosted, there was like this weird pizza thing going on. I thought that was kind of interesting. It was a little cringy. Um, like it, it felt like this very like elitist thing of like, oh, rich people eating pizza. I think that was kind of the joke. Um, was that was that stupid. Jimmy Kimmel or was that Ellen DeGeneres? I think it was Kimmel. Oh, maybe it was Ellen actually. That's a good point. Because I remember, I remember like reactions to that were mixed or at least reactions to a couple of things that Ellen DeGeneres did were mixed. And I think that was one of them. Yeah, but it is something I remember. So I'll give that. I mean, I'll yeah. remember these two, but like in a really bad way. Uh, oh no, I think Jimmy Kimmel had that one where, remember, I think he brought Gal Gadot to like a theater or something like that in the middle of the show? Or was that like... I vaguely remember that. I don't remember if it was exactly Jimmy Kimmel and Gal Gadot, but I vaguely remember this happening. Was it like yeah. for a... Was it for a screening of A Wrinkle in Time or something? Yeah, but and they like just brought like a know? ton of celebrities through to say hi to the audience. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, I A little cringe... Like, I don't think it's great, but anyways... This year was really bad. I don't know why they added that. Um, it could have been way worse. I think Glenn Close honestly saved it in some ways. <laughs> I mean, it's she saved it for me in my mind because in my mind, uh, my, my headcanon is that Glenn Close is like, I think that Glenn Close is like on her way to becoming a Omega level supervillain. Mm. And uh, <laughs> this just adds to her tragic backstory of never getting an Oscar. 
Yeah, true. I mean, I don't think she, I, I really don't think she expected to win. Or she shouldn't have expected to win. No, I don't think she did expect to win. But this is also like the ninth time she's been nominated. And I don't think she's ever won any award, like any major award. This year could have been her first getting either an Oscar or like her fir- this this year, her first award ever that she won could have been a Razzie, which would have been, th- I mean, then I think she would have gone on a rampage this year. I just I don't think she's like an Oscar like I haven't okay I haven't seen a performance of from her that felt like really Oscar worthy if that makes sense um, but I need to watch more Glenn Close movies so when I saw That's her fair. in the movie The Wife which was two years ago I thought that was a nomination worthy performance mm. was it a winning performance uh, surprisingly my my favorite choice there was uh, Melissa McCarthy so. I'm going to say no, and she lost, in my mind, to Melissa McCarthy. So, you know, there you go. (laughs) Poor Melissa McCarthy. What do you mean, poor Melissa McCarthy? Can You Ever Forgive Me is a fantastic movie. Was it? Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah, it was was, uh, Melissa McCarthy's second nomination for an Oscar, and I was ride or die for Melissa McCarthy that year. Oh, okay, never mind. It did not win. I can't remember what did win. I remember that whatever did win was like, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But I was, I was ride or die Melissa McCarthy that year. I thought the Tyler Perry stuff was a little weird. The humanitarian award. I think I don't like humanitarian stuff in the Oscars. I'm not going to lie. I think it's just kind of annoying. I, it's cool that they're highlighting Tyler Perry's cause, I guess. I don't watch the Oscars for humanitarian stuff. But I thought his speech was actually pretty good. I liked his speech personally. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really good when people in well, like when celebrities use their position to do good. And I know that Tyler Perry does a lot for the community. Like he gives a lot back to poorer communities. I don't know exactly what, but like he is a very philanthropic dude. But the thing is too, like I know they they made a joke about this at the very at the very beginning. Regina Regina King did. She said, like, you know, people will turn their heads away when uh, when pe- when actors at the Oscars start talking about politics or something. And I'm, I'm like, yes, I will, because it's cliche to say, but like the people who are at the Oscars are primarily a very high class group of people. But, you know, I'm sure they have difficult lives, but like they don't have to deal with in a very real way with a lot of the injustice in the world and the like shit that people who aren't going to go to the Oscars have to deal with. And that's fine. And it's also very good that they like go, that a lot of them go out of their way to like try and help out commu- the community anyway. But I don't want to see like a bunch of Hollywood people in a room jerking each other off about how cool of people they are. And like that is what that typically descends into. Tyler Perry's speech was very good. His segment was ultimately probably like the best version of that. But it was still like a bunch of people in a room being like, oh, wonderful, wonderful multimillionaire Tyler Perry. You are such a good person. He is. But it doesn't really matter that much when I'm to me who's watching this on CTV. Yeah, it's just like I, I would hope the they're doing it because they want to and not because they want to win awards. If that makes and sense. the thing is, 
I I give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to assume they all are, especially with Tyler Perry. I don't know his entire backstory, but I know that he's been helping like charities and poor black communities for almost his entire career. He is a good person who does a lot of good. But like it's impossible to get that to get that point across as far as I'm concerned at a gala for the rich and famous. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it just feels like poorly timed stuff, um, despite mm-hmm. the message. Uh, and then, I don't know, like, Jeff, like, if I don't think there's anything else specifically about the ceremony other than, like, the awards to talk about, right? Yeah, um, let's talk about the awards. What do you think, Pierre, was the biggest upset of the night? Uh, <laughs> I, okay, I'm, I'm going to list maybe one or maybe two that I actually was pleasantly surprised by. I was pleasantly surprised Sound of Metal won. I actually thought there was like no way in hell it actually would win, but it did. And um, I don't know. I, I was really... Win for what? Uh, sorry, best editing. Um, nice. I was really happy about that um, just because uh, like it, it was definitely 100% the best paced movie by far. I don't. I can't think of any movie... Or any scene in that movie that was unnecessary or dragged or needed to be cut out. In my opinion, that's like that's just really, really good editing. Um, even though it's like not nothing anything flashy, but I, I was worried the Academy would, would go for something more flashy, like the trial of the Chicago Seven or uh Mank? Was Mank there? Mank was in editing, I think. Yeah, or maybe Mank. I don't think Promising Young Woman had a chance. It felt anyway, so I was pleasantly surprised about that. And I don't know, I'm I'm happy that uh, oh god I, I can't remember her name again but the actress the great actress supporting actress from minari who won yung jin yun i i was a little sad that uh maria akalova i think her name is didn't win but i mean i think they were both really excellent and it's hard to be upset uh for either of them winning i guess i thought they were both excellent in their roles also what is great is uh yu jin yun has the best speeches so I was glad to see yeah. her give, come up and give a speech. <laughs> it was definitely the most interesting part of the night. But yeah, other than that, I I, I only have negatives. Uh, do, do you want to get... I feel like I, I want to let you talk about them first just because like, I feel like you care a, more, a lot more. Or you have, you have a lot more to say about this than I do. So I don't want to steal any of your points. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just start very briefly. And uh, I, I don't know exactly what it is you want to ask. So like, I'll let you do that in a second, but I'm going to start very briefly by ans- answering the same question I just asked you. Uh, what I thought were the biggest upsets of the night. Most of this, as far as I was concerned, was actually fairly expected. Like, there were a few that would not have been my choices or even my predictions necessarily. But like, where it won and I was like, huh, or yeah, that makes sense. But there was one or two where I was like, that is very surprising. And to me, that was um, documentary short su- subject going to Colette, which was my second favorite of the documentary shorts. I thought it was going to go to the Netflix movie, A Love Song for Latasha. It did not. It went to Colette, which yeah, is... Yeah, I was surprised about that too, actually. Have you have you seen Colette yet? I haven't, but I saw A Love Song for Latasha. Or I didn't love it, but it definitely felt like... Uh, something that was very relevant to this year and politically charged. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it wasn't a good documentary. I just, I didn't personally like the, the format of it. And I thought, um, ah, there was another one. I can't remember. 
There's another one I thought was better. Anyways, I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, that but it was it's kind of this in the same vein of I, I thought two distant strangers. I was kind of upset that one, but it made a lot of sense just because I thought it it struck a very unsubtle mark. Uh, or it was a very unsubtly politically charged short film, um, which which uh, even though I don't think it was great, I think made it a very easy pick for the Academy. So I thought it was going to be the same for uh, for documentary short film, even though Love Song for Latasha was a good short. Yeah, I can appreciate like the value of Love Song for Latasha. It did not resonate with me, but I understand that it was a very good documentary short. My personal pick was Do Not Split, uh, but Colette was very, very good. It was a, uh, it's a short film. I think it's only like maybe 20 minutes long about a French Holocaust survivor returning to uh, visit the concentration camp where I believe her brother was interned in, mm. in, the, uh, in the Second World War. And it's it's very well done and it's very it's very moving without being like really shocking or extremely tense. Yeah. And then the the biggest upset I think of the night was original song which went to Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah which I think I have said <laughs> is my personal favorite of the songs. I just kind of don't like that category. But that uh, original song, I would have expected it to go to um, One Night in Miami, possibly even Husevik mm. from uh, Eurovision, or maybe the Trial of the Chicago 7 song. Like, that wouldn't have surprised me. But Fight for You, which was like, I don't know exactly what it was about that song, but like, that. It's just lame, honestly. Well, I thought it was pretty funky, but like, it's just, it's it's more like. I don't know. I think the style of it to me didn't pay. I didn't make me peg it for an Oscar winner because mm. like lyrically it's, it's, it's fine. It's not like it's not meaningful. It's just sort of the lyrics aren't the big part of that song. It's very chill and it's not like a big ballad which, which every other song that was nominated was like every other song that was nominated was a ballad. Fight for you is not fight for you is no theme from shaft. But of all of the songs that were nominated for original song, it was the closest to being theme from Shaft. <laughs> that wasn't a huge upset for me, but I didn't, I guess I didn't love it. Well, I mean, the fact, I, I say it was a huge upset. I don't necessarily know if I was happy or sad about, well, I mean, I was happy about that in that case. But like, of all of the things that I was predicting, that was like the only one that won that was like my fifth predicted choice. Like I mm. did not, there was no way in hell I expected that to win. That's fair. Oh, I wanted to mention a couple things really quickly. Uh, first of all, I watched the life ahead back when I, I didn't, cause I just had a list of movies that were nominated. Right. Um, and life ahead was nominated for best song. Uh, I thought it was nominated for best like international feature this whole time. I was really surprised right. it wasn't nominated. But honestly, that movie was really good. I got to give it props. I was actually really sad to see it wasn't nominated at all. Um, honestly, it was better than like half the Best Picture nominees, if I'm going to be honest. The thing is, though, uh, it was like 
light years behind any of the international nominees. This year's international really? category was so strong. Oh, I guess I haven't seen any. But even so, like, I think uh, the best picture, half the best picture, from, from my point of view, half the best picture nominees could have been taken up. I guess in this case, by international features, if they were all better. Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be sad with that. Like, Quo Vadis Aida should have been on best on the best picture ballot. Mm. Another round, also. Yeah, so that's um that's unfortunate. Um, another thing, uh, I guess this is kind of back to the ceremony, but the in memoriam was very odd to me. Uh, it was just really I get I don't know if like an abnormal amount of people passed away this year due to COVID or something, but some of those names were there for like <laughs> like half a second. It felt really rushed. They sped through them, and I honestly found it very insulting because like. It is possible, as you said, that an abnormal amount of people passed away this year, but I don't even think that's necessarily true within the entertainment industry. Like, think, I don't know for sure because I haven't, like, analyzed the stats, but I don't think this was a significantly longer in content uh, in memoriam than usual, but it was very quick. Yeah. Like they sped through those names and I thought it was pretty sad because I didn't even see half the names. Cause like I, I had two screens open. I was like flicking back and forth cause I was also in, well, I mean, I guess, I guess this is my fault. I was also involved in a chat at the same time, but like I, if I ever like looked away for half a second, I missed five names. Yeah. And I thought <laughs> that like, if I'd put my entire heart and soul and life into editing movies, and the Oscars recognized me as a notable person that they should talk that they should put in their in memoriam segment as a film editor that like is worth remembering. It kind of sucks that they then go back and are like, yeah, but he's only worth remembering for half a second. And now let's move on to the next guy. Yeah, and I, I thought the especially like with right after I I'm pr- I think it was right after that skit was up. Um. <laughs> So it's like they rushed through it so they could put in this really awkward skit was kind of funny. Um, I thought the music tape was also a little weird. I don't know what Questlove was thinking there. It was a, it, it felt a little too... I mean, it's not terrible. I, I guess I kind of like that the they switched it up, I guess. But usually they have this very cinematic orchestral ode to, uh, to, to, for the in memoriam. This time it was a little... Almost a little funky, if I remember correctly, right? And, like, I actually don't hate that. It's very strange. I don't know that I fully agree with it. Yeah, I I thought it was kind of nice. It it almost feels like a little bit more of a celebration to life of life rather than just, like, ultra sad stuff. But, um, (laughs) like, the way they were, I think they were editing the some of the clips to match the the pace of the music, and that might have been why it was sped up, too. And actually, that might be a big reason why it's not typically a little more bumping of a track, because when they do do sad orchestral music over it, they can edit, they can more easily edit it to fit with that and give everybody a little bit of time to be on screen. So yeah, anyways, interesting, I guess, change. That's not, it's not something I'm necessarily hate. I I, I don't like the screen time, but I, I don't mind the music. Might have been after, once Tyler Perry happened, the the ceremony kind of went like downhill in a lot of ways really quickly. I mean, 
I'm not going to say this very often. Well, actually, I will. I, I would love to say this very often because I actually appreciate Tyler Perry as an actor quite a lot. But as soon as Tyler Perry was off screen, things went up. Things went downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, technically, yeah. Which you know, that's not something you can usually say. It's something I would like to say a lot more because Tyler Perry and Gone Girl was my favorite part of Gone Girl. I actually can't remember him. Who was he in Gone Girl? He was Ben Affleck's lawyer. That's crazy. I said, I don't even remember the lawyer. If I'm going to be honest, he he wasn't in it for too too long. Because uh, most of it was like Ben Affleck going to see various people, and like Tyler Perry was in it throughout the whole movie, but like not necessarily for any big chunks of time. That's cool. Well, I I guess he was pretty good in that movie. I was... I thought he was. But yeah, like once once he left, we had the in memoriam, which was off. We had that awful sketch, and then we had the three, uh, I guess, biggest awards of the night. One could say. Um, but in a peculiar order. Yeah, I think this is the first time, I could be wrong, but I am almost certain that this is the first time ever that Best Picture was awarded not at the end of the ceremony. Because it was awarded, like, there's 23 awards. Best Picture was was awarded as Award 21. Wow. Which is insane to me. And, like... It was a surprise for everyone, probably everyone, everyone I was watching with anyway. Yeah, I I was not expecting it either. It was pretty, I guess it it kind of made you interested for what they were going to do. I thought it was very anticlimactic for best picture, honestly, though. It it felt like an afterthought, honestly, even though it was before before the, the climax of the night. It just, yeah. it felt like it didn't really matter that much, especially, I think Nomadland uh, winning was like very in the middle of the pack for a lot of, at least a lot of the people uh, I've talked to, even though I guess it was a front runner due to its previous success. I think it felt just like, felt a very, like a very mad movie to win. So I respect the idea of putting best picture not last because it is a major, major change. It's probably the biggest change you could make to this award ceremony. And the one that would like the one that would require you to convince the most people like, yes, this is a good idea because this is the one that the most people are going to be like, this is a remarkably bad idea. You can't do this. Yeah. So like, I respect the idea to change it and following through on that. But the problem is, there is a reason that Best Picture is presented last. Best Picture tends to, like, everything that's nominated for... I don't think there are... I don't know how often it happens, but it's not often that something is nominated nominated for only Best Picture and nothing else. So, by the time you get to Best Picture, you are familiar... Even if you've only watched this award ceremony, you're very familiar with all of the Best Picture nominees because they've been built up to so much by that point. You cannot necessarily say the same for actress in a leading role and actor in a leading role, which were presented this year after Best Picture. Because, for example, this year in Actress in a Leading Role, there was one person in Actress in a Leading Role, two people actually in Actress in a Leading Role, who were nominated for movies that were not nominated for anything else. So if Actress in a Leading Role had gone to Andra Day or uh, Vanessa Kirby, you know, that would have been cool, but you have no build-up to that up until that point. 
at where with best picture every single movie that was nominated had been built had 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 some precursor award so at the very least it had been talked about before that point yeah especially with the way i think it might have worked out if the next two awards were i guess a little more climactic you know but i think the problem was francis mcdormand won next which a lot of people weren't expecting and Frances McDormand clearly did not give a shit, if I'm going to be honest. like Her first speech for Nomadland was her, when Nomadland won Best Picture, was her howling like a wolf, I guess. And then her second speech, when she won Best Actress, was she said, I don't have anything to say. And then like rattled off a couple of words and then left. Like she clearly wasn't, yeah, she clearly wasn't prepared. Or like, was she? She might have been prepared, but as you said, she clearly did not give a shit. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like demeaning her or anything. It's just like I think she's won so many Oscars. Like she's won a lot of Oscars. She has. She's now tied, I believe, for the most Oscars. I'm gonna look this up to make sure, but I think she may be tied for most best uh, most Oscars by a by an actress. Yeah, but yeah, she's so she probably this doesn't really mean much to her at this point. So that like that next the next thing um was kind of funny. Oh, by the way, I really want to mention quickly, Nomadland not winning cinematography was hilarious. I remember, <laughs> I remember, I think the the cinematographer for Nomadland, <laughs> he looked genuinely shocked he didn't win. I think he was really really surprised he lost to Mank. I think that was hilarious. Who did win? Uh. It was it was, Mank. It was Mank. Oh my god. Which was like uh sorry, I just wanted to say I have checked the stats. Frances McDormand has the second most Oscar wins for best actress behind Katherine Hepburn, Hepburn. However, she has as many Oscar wins as Katherine Hepburn does because she also won best picture this year for Nomadland where she was a producer, so it goes to her. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. continue. Um but yeah, that I thought that was funny. I think that that's like two kind of nomad led wins that no one was really expecting. I was actually, yeah, I was very surprised at how well Mank did. I guess like it didn't win anything where I was, you know, where I couldn't have seen it winning. It it won everything it won was, you know, it wasn't my first choice. But like I could see it winning production design, cinematography. I can see it winning both of those. I think it was the favorite for production design. And with cinematography, like... It was black and white, so... <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned, I actually do think that cinematography and production design were the best elements of Mank. Mm. I don't think it was the best in either of those categories. But I do think those were the best parts of the movie. So, like, I get it. But it, I was a bit shocked that it came away with, I guess, two awards. Instead of just one. Yeah, and then the so the best then the best actress was lame, and then best actor, which possibly might go down as one of the biggest uh, mistakes in Oscar history, was the fact that Anthony. I'm not okay. I'm not saying that Anthony Hopkins did not deserve this award. He was very arguably put in a better performance than Chadwick Boseman. I I think he. I I, I don't think this is truly an upset at all. Just the problem is the way the production oriented around putting this award last, especially because Hopkins was not there, which was hilarious. Was the point of putting actor in a leading role last 
to be like one final goodbye to Chadwick Boseman. Because if it was, that is the stupidest idea the Oscars has ever had because they cannot possibly know in advance that Chadwick Boseman is going to win unless they do vote tampering. That would just be the most misguided thing they could possibly do. So if that was the point, this was a remarkably bad decision for that reason. If that wasn't the point, putting actor in a leading role last was still a remarkably bad decision. Anthony Hopkins did not show up to the awards, which is fine. He's 83 and like he's won a lot of Oscars too. Well, there's a pandemic. Like oh, that too, yeah. People should honestly, I'm a little upset that the Oscars happened the way they did for what it's worth, but like yeah, good on him for not coming to the pandemic party. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so when they announced his award, Joaquin Phoenix gets up there and he says the winner is Anthony Hopkins. The Academy accepts on behalf of Anthony Hopkins, which like, there it is. That's the end. Roll credits. <laughs> yeah, I went right to Questlove, who was like, thanks for joining us and see you at the Oscar after dark. <laughs> it's like, oh my, it was such a weird, honestly, Questlove did, did that pretty well. Um, but it was just such a terrible ending to the night. It was so, it was borderline ingeniously hilarious but also like kind of a little sad because you know it's it's kind of sucks to be laughing at a at a potential posthumous loss if that makes sense i think like i can probably speak for you on this too if we have sounded like we're coming down on quest love this entire time that is not my intent that's not our intention at all because like mm-hmm. i think that very ending where the very ending where joaquin phoenix says Anthony Hopkins wins. Good night, everybody. Would have been infinitely worse without Questlove being there to be like, hey, thanks for coming out, everyone. Yeah. Like, he didn't do very much at the end there, but there were a lot of pieces that needed to be picked up, and my God, did he at least try. Yeah. Questlove 100% was not an issue. I think he did the best he could, but, like, there was there was a lot of pressure was on this guy. I think it was incredibly unfair for the Oscars to like put as much pressure as they definitely did on Questlove. Yeah, especially because all of the presenters were really boring, like insanely boring to watch. There was not one memorable thing they did. We've said it already. Questlove was super cringe in his say. Well, Questlove's segments were super cringe. However, they were kind of entertaining at the worst. At best, they were actually fully entertaining. Where, you know, other Oscar segments, as you said, I think there were like a couple of good ones, but they were boring. They, they, there was nothing good. There was like very little good when Questlove was not around. And when Questlove was around, like it wasn't unanimously good, but mm-hmm. at least there was something. Yeah. Yeah. I like Questlove. He, he, he's a highlight. He was, a, he was a potential highlight of the night. But yeah, anyways, the that that's honestly such a bad mess i i guess it's nice to know that the os that the ballots aren't tampled the ballots aren't tampered with by production because you know i guess this legitimately proves that the oscars don't actually you know know what they're presenting but also like why on earth would you make such a big change especially with the context of chadwick boseman's passing put it at the end and not know what was going to happen. 
that's such a big such a big risk and i guess steven soderbergh might have thought this was a huge creative risk that uh, for a filmmaker um and as a filmmaker it would challenge them to do better or something but honestly <laughs> yeah there's a reason that steven soderbergh is a filmmaker not an awards show maker <laughs> yeah exactly so it's just like honestly ever like after all this it almost it almost feels kind of disrespectful to not only like like it feels disrespectful to the best picture i guess award in the first place because in my opinion the best picture award is just so much more cumulative to the art of film than best actor it kind of disrespects it potentially tarnishes Chadwick Boseman's and Anthony Hopkins and all five honestly all five of the actors performances which were all amazing this was like one of the most stacked categories uh that we might have seen for a while right and definitely the night for sure yeah um and uh, like people are just gonna remember how awkward and weird (laughs) the last award was yeah and like it was just it was honestly though it was kind of a perfect ending to what these oscars were you know which was like no one really cared no one cared they were embarrassing and they were embarrassing even in their promotional material i guess i actually haven't seen any of the promotional material well i know that just like steven soderbergh was giving a lot of interviews and he was trying to like hype up the oscars but in a really weird way like when he announced that that uh people would not be present like the presenters wouldn't be presenting wearing while wearing masks He was like, but don't worry. Masks will still play an important part in the narrative. (laughs) That doesn't even make sense. There were no masks. They didn't play an an important part in the narrative. And there was no narrative, actually. So it's kind of ironic. It's kind of funny to see all all this like political praise to like during the Oscars and then like Meanwhile, you have a bunch of the richest people, some of the richest people in the world in the same room with no masks <laughs> during a pandemic. It's like, Can I give like a really hot take here? Sure. So the Oscars, I know that like a lot of pundits or I, I get the impression, I guess. I don't know for sure, but I get the impression that a lot of like right wing pundits like to come down on the Oscars for being super woke. I'm like, yeah, I guess. But it's like, the Oscars aren't even promoting good liberal politics or anything. It's just like, these are a bunch of people who are talking about, you know, very politically left-leaning causes primarily. I guess Tyler Perry was pretty enlightened centrist, but like when it comes to political causes, they're all, they're mostly talking about either left-leaning causes or like not at all. And then they're all here in one big room gathered together in the middle of a pandemic not wearing masks and being and not being safe not being covid safe and then patting themselves on the back for being covid safe like this is just the ultimate expression of we respect these rules but they don't apply to us and so it's just like what is the point of this like either respect the rules or don't or just like don't make a show of it there's always at least one person at the Oscars, usually several, that like make a big political show out of whatever their cause of the week is, and they always come across as hypocrites. Maybe they aren't, like maybe they are actually living the exact way they preach, but like the Oscars is the most hypocritical looking awards show 
of any of them, whether it actually is hypocritical or not. Sure. I, I kind of like, I like how the Golden Globes pick fun at that. Um, even though it is still a little, I mean, like, I, I don't like how they make, it's like they make fun of themselves. Like, um, Ricky, Gervais, <laughs> they get, they hire Ricky Gervais to make fun of them. Um, and it's like, oh, look at us. We're like so anti-establishment because we're willing to insult rich people. And it's like, uh, but like it's done by a rich, an extremely rich, successful person. And yeah. no one really cares because they all have a lot of money anyways. So like, fuck it. I got to say, um, though, having now seen, you know, Ricky Gervais in being a rich, successful person, making fun of rich, successful people versus seeing the Oscars not having anyone make fun of them at all and taking them entire and taking themselves entirely seriously during the during the uh during the ceremony I at least appreciate the self-awareness even if the self-awareness ends up coming across as not very genuine mm. I at least appreciate it because yeah. at least it like it means you put some thought into this you actually took a moment to think of how the rest of us actually think yeah, for sure. It it is it's better. It's not great, but it's a little better. It's better. It's a lot better actually, but it's not great. But I don't know. Yeah, I honestly after this, I am pretty just kind of shaken with caring my 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 caring for the Oscars uh, and awards in general. I think I think I will never like not try to attempt the Oscar death race and watch all the Oscar movies. But at this point, it's it's just kind of it, it felt really lame. I don't I don't feel I never I don't feel good having watched. I think it helps if you watch it in a group or something. Mm-hmm. But me watching it alone at home, I don't get any social aspect to it, and it's just kind of boring and annoying and upsetting when you know like it's, it's just there's no winning. There's no winning with the Oscars. You're not going to be happy when you leave it if you are a big movie fan. Hell, you know what? If all of my picks had won, would I have walked away happy? It still would have been a dumb show. And like, I guess I would have been happier because there were some picks here that made me legitimately upset. But like, at the end of the day, you're right. There's no winning with the Oscars. Yeah. And they try, but it's, they try to like, you know, change it up and be more, I guess, progressive in a lot of ways. But I... Hollywood is like it's it's tough to be a movie fan you know you, you love the industry so much but there's it's such a weird I think movie making in general is very weird because I think to enjoy uh the art of filmmaking in like the fullest aspects I think it involves having a very open mind um being f- like forward okay like I might just be like tooting my own horn here or whatever but it, like from what I can tell I notice like you know you to accept other like various forms of art, you know, you have to be open minded. Mm-hmm. You have to be forward thinking. Um, and the truth is, like, the higher you get in the establishment, especially like at the Oscars, it's very counter. That at that level, it's very counterintuitive to what the like art is, you know, which is pushing boundaries. If that makes sense. Yeah. And well, the Oscars I mean... only goes does as much as they have to to keep themselves relevant, but they will never be part of pushing boundaries. Well, I mean. The best expression of that, and or maybe not the best expression, but certainly one expression of that is, let's take one last look at the best animated feature film category. It went to Soul <laughs> this year. That's great. Soul was deserving of that win. However, 
with Soul taking the win this year, that means that Pixar has won over 50% of the animated feature awards. Mm. This does not demonstrate an open-mindedness when it comes to animated features. Yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely, like, I think animation is one of the biggest, like, surges of, like, change in the industry in the past. I mean, like, uh, in the in, entire industry, you know? Like yeah. Animation has been such a huge change in how we're able to make new content. And the fact that the Oscars has never really taken they the just... animation category seriously um, is kind of sad, you know? And it shows a lack of respect for technological um, advances. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm tired of talking about the Oscars. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts? Let's, let's wrap this up. No, not really. I just... I don't think I'm going to watch them next year unless like there is an event for it. Um, I'm kind of done having faith like, Oh, next year will be better. It's, it's kind of the same. And then honestly, the whole aspect of awards for movies, um, I think it's fun to like theorize about them and it's fun to talk about them, but like, it's, it's just, it's a lose, lose game. It's, it's never going to work out. What I've noticed, the more I watch awards, is awards don't really matter. Mm. Like, I have said, like, I've said in the past where awards do matter, because it's, when I say awards don't matter, that's not 100% true. In our Parasite episode, I said, Parasite will be a classic film if it wins Best Picture. There will be no mistaking that it is a classic film if it wins Best Picture. And this year I said, Borat, subsequent movie film. Same thing if Maria Bakalova wins that best best supporting actress because awards matter for visibility and that's really all it is mm-hmm. because when I see that um, when I see do- that my octopus teacher won the best documentary feature I'm I'm not gonna sit here and rag on my best my octopus teacher it's a well made movie it's not that it doesn't it's not that it should not have won best documentary feature but at the end of the day it being crowned the best documentary feature by the Oscars does not actually mean that it was the best documentary feature of this year. Yeah. I can watch 50 documentaries and maybe I'll have a very different opinion. Yeah. And that's fine because movies are subjective. Mm -hmm. What it does mean is that now a lot more people will go out and watch my octopus teacher. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I don't think it matters, but the only thing that that award matters for is that, it gives that movie an extra bit of visibility, which is the good thing about awards. They should like, that's why you want awards. But when I see that best picture is Nomadland, well, I don't agree. And like, I'm glad more people will see Nomadland. But as far as I'm concerned, the best picture of the year is always going to be, you know, promising young woman, Mm. at least of the things that were nominated. And I am glad that it got nominated because people went out and saw it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have seen Promising Young Woman if it was never nominated. So, you know, it's not all bad. I think the Oscars, I appreciate the Oscars in certain senses. But I think for me personally, it's just not for me anymore. I can say that for sure. So here's what I will say. It is very likely, I'm not announcing anything, but it is very likely that if we're sitting here again in a year more and we're doing regular weekly episodes, nothing has happened and we're still going strong. We're probably going to do each, an episode each on the Best Picture nominees. I'm going to say that, like, we're not going to plan on doing a retrospective on the Oscars of next year. Mm. If we do, great. But, like, 
we're doing this episode today at least partially out of obligation because, like, we said we would. We're not going to give ourselves that obligation next year. Yeah, I was going to say. But yeah, I, I think in the end, uh, it kind of comes down to, like, the, the basis of our show is we like to recognize classic movies. And I think, uh, like, many of the biggest classic movies of history, as we've recognized before, like, did not win Academy Awards. And, you know, I, I think, uh, like, for example, like, I, I remember that George Lucas interview with Charlie Rose where... <laughs> Charlie Rose assumed George Lucas has won an Oscar before. George Lucas was like, no, no, no Oscars. <laughs> he looked a little like salty about it, but um, I, I mean, just, not without cause. Um, but I, I, I guess just for for him, like the way he explained it was that you know, it, like filmmaking, <clears throat> um, is not about like necessarily about you know winning awards and recognition it's about pushing the art form forward and i think Mm -hmm. the people that do push the art form forward regardless of awards will be recognized in history um as as great filmmakers and films in general and that's in the end that's what filmmaking is about so i appreciate the oscars and what they do even if we rag on them i think it's very easy to rag on them here's the last thing that i will say is like all of the winners of this year's Oscars, as well as, you know, even Steven Soderbergh, I hope that they do go down in history as, like, notable filmmakers or, you know, filmmakers within their field. Like, the people in film editing, I don't know that they will necessarily be notable filmmakers, but I hope that they, like, do a lot more cool editing and work on more very good movies. Because at the end of the day there was very little that was nominated for the Oscars this year that I would consider to be actively bad within the categories that they're nominated in. And like, I think that there's a lot of, there's a great filmmakers here who have a lot of potential. Uh, I mean, some of them have already realized this potential uh, or at least a lot of it. And like, I hope they go on to do even more great things. Some of these guys are just starting off and like, I am excited to see what just about every single person involved in this year's Oscars does. Just that the awards ceremony did not sit well with me, but let's, because it's an award ceremony. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. It's not the award ceremony that said best picture is Nomadland is not Nomadland. The award ceremony that said the best animated feature is soul is not soul. I did not get the experience of watching soul from watching the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You got the experience of watching Soul from watching Soul. For sure. And that's a very good experience that I would hope, that I would encourage anyone to get for themselves. Cool. That's a good way to head out. Jeff, what's the last word? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a word this time. I think it's going to be a lot of air horns, actually. (laughs)